Something something old blood, something something yarnum, something something. Look at all these eyes I have. I'm tired of bloodborne. Mm -hmm. It's time. Come on. Come on. Rise up. Gotta keep you in your physical form. <laughs> Yeah, I hope that if we eventually get out, they just kind of port you back into your old. Do you want any? You want me to send any notes ahead to the uh, to the 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 people trying to get us out of here? Just like have this kind of body ready for Joe. <laughs> Do you want to be like shredded? Do you want to have four arms? Do you want to be like a car? Put me in the in the General Grievous. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> that man is seven foot one. <laughs> I never got to see Rise of the Skywalker, and I probably never will, oh. but I'm sure that it was the best one, and General Grievous came back and fought Anakin's Force Ghost over Duel of Fate. Yeah, I'm sure it was great, and everyone was super, super pleased with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I mean, it, was, it was just a perfect film. Yep. Well, today on Bed Bath and Cats... Yeah, the headlines read, finally, one with a good score. <laughs> Let's record. <laughs> you read tonight Garman joins the hunt in the Smash Bros announcer voice don't worry you weren't the only one he has to eat the cords not just have them uh that's great also because I have nowhere else to slot in this post keep in mind Garman says we were successful in the hunt never stating we no I know you weren't sleeping I know you're not asleep no I dropped something you can't trick me I wasn't no that was an accident <laughs> We transcended the hunt, which we learned from a very early lore note is done by seeking pale blood. What does it mean to transcend the hunt? How do we do it? Well, hopefully between this episode and the next, Aaron actually eats those damn cords, and then we'll get to see the final ending for the game. Who's Aaron? Understand... Hey, Joe? I miss that character. It's Go back two episodes. We talked about it there. Actually, wait. It's three. It's three episodes. What episode are we on now? 98 99 96 i don't know i just i call you i talk about bloodborne and i go home all right do you have a, <laughs> do you have a studio no i still have my one bedroom oh oh you mean a studio performing space yeah um Biley has set up uh in the uh in the bones of the walgreens down the street i now uh Fucking... just kind of have a which whole one studio. 
There's like 500 Walgreens in Chicago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the big one with the glass walls. So like I get to see the city oh, not moving. Oh, yeah. By. I bought Monster there, and then they made me throw it away at the Aragon when I went to see yeah. Coheed. Yep. Classic. No mon- The only monster allowed <laughs> in a Coheed and Cambria show. Yeah, they were like, no, it's spelled wrong. It needs to be Monstar. Like, ah, like Space Jam. They're like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah. Executed on site. Uh-huh. Garman, the first hunter. You should recognize him, even if Dan didn't. Garman has been hanging around the dream the entire game. He's sometimes not visible, but often he's around, either in the building or the garden behind it. He's the NPC who introduces the character to the basic progression of the game. Go kill some beasts, it'll do you good, and provides some helpful hints at the end. He is described as the first hunter, and the doll states he helped others through here before, serving as a kind of advisor. Why is he in this dream? It appears as though he got his hands caught on he got his hands on a cord. For what reason and purpose is never quite stated, but his interactions with it led to the interactions with the pale moon, which conceived the dream. Now, Joe, I want to take a second here. Take all the fucking seconds you need. My heart is dead. So, Garman, the first hunter, is that Biley? Did Biley get their hands caught on a cord? A secret and cord that pleased the Lord. They've led to their interaction with the the pale moon here reading as the red star. I don't fucking know, dude. The do there's you, a do doll you trust anything generated by that monster? No. But I don't trust anything generated in Bloodborne either. Fair. Like if if the hunters, the people trying to defeat the uh, the like like defeat the evil and break us free of this dream, are if the hunter is the audience, I don't know who the doll is that's helping them through. I don't I don't understand this, but we the, you know I've got some 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 cinematic through lines here. Yeah, I don't think we've ever interacted with dolls specifically. We haven't. Or like any sort of like plastic toy (laughs) yeah plastic is outlawed in the red star yeah weird it's one of the good things that uh that miley did there's like very little pollution on a lego once and it was just like fuck this stepped on a what i don't know like a mega blocks yeah um let's see here who conceived the dream. He is now tied to it, as are hunters who have come after. The game specifically is vague on what a hunter is, and it's possible that the hunters are not all not all that human, special in some way, set apart, which somehow also links them to the dream specifically. True hunters, anyway, not just those in name, like Yar Yarhar hunters are noted to be Yarhar. Yarhar the One Piece hunters. <laughs> the Straw Hats. This would explain Mikolash's dialogue of a hunter as a hunter, even in a dream, as well. Garman himself was the one who innovated the way the hunters fight. The descriptions from his clothing state, created before the workshop existed by making adjustments to everyday clothing, and later became the basis for all hunters' garb. The hunters' emphasis on engaging beasts with speed, and therefore of selecting lightweight attire, no doubt traces back to Garman's own combat style. Neat. Do you like light clothes or heavy clothes, Joe? Light. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I just figured I should engage you in some way in the storyline and not just be reading. <laughs> um, 
I I exist for content and nothing more. <laughs> I need to get you out of here. God, you aren't sounding good. This is the lore reason for why we're fighting beasts without any actual armor to speak of. His weapon, the Burial Blade, also does a good job of characterizing Garman. A masterpiece that defined the entire array of weapons crafted at the workshop. Its blade is forged with siderite, said to have fallen from the heavens. Garman surely saw the hunt as a dirge of farewell, wishing only that his prey might rest in peace, never again to awaken to another harrowing nightmare. Just like how Garamond defined the attire for hunters, he also defined the weapons. That the weapon could transform and was so successful in that way is the lore reason for why the rest of the weapons in the game have two forms as well. One extra piece of lore to note here is that he specifically did not want the prey to awaken in another nightmare, which we have been doing. We've been having, we've just been doing nothing but awakening in other nightmares, huh? I've never been awake in a non-nightmare setting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. <laughs> good delivery. You're really nailing this podcast thing. <laughs> that's what I'm good for at this point. The timing for Garman's linking to this dream versus his time as a hunter is never made fully clear, but it's possible this links back to why he sees the dream as a nightmare he can't escape. Perhaps the cycle of rebirth is something he actually loathes on a level that's never really brought light to in the game. Either way, he views permanence as significant in the cycle of everlasting life provided by the dream as a trap, something to escape. Shit, I'll drink to that. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, clink, clink, bitch. <laughs> the mentality is what we see from him when he approached for this final confrontation. What Garman is offering us in the dialogue choice is ending one. There are three ends for this game, and this is the first. He's offering to end our life quickly and painlessly Please. so that we can awaken in Yarno and life apart from the dream. He's offering us freedom from the trap he is caught in, the dream he calls a nightmare. This is probably why we can see older hunters in Yarnum, like Eileen and Durja, who know of the dream but have notably passed from it. If it's a trap, how could they escape? German freed them when the hunt was complete, their job over. Um, this perhaps also explains their decently bleak outlook on things, if they had seen this scenario play out before and had dealt with all of this personally, at least to some extent. In this ending of the game, the player sees their character kneel before German, who stands up and decapitates them with his weapon in scythe form. The character then wakes up in Yarnum, seeing the sun finally rise on the lonely and ravaged city. This is what we would call the bad ending, in that it doesn't give any extra context for what's going on, but what is important, perhaps, is Garman didn't lie to the player. He is truthful in saying they will wake up and that they will be freed from the dream. Pretty upstanding guy. Thanks. All right. So, what if I refuse? Garman might not like the dream, but he has a specific job here, a purpose, and that's what he's referring to when he calls himself the Hunter's Helper. What's his purpose? What is... What his purpose is just thinking he went mad? Why is he helping help hunters complete the hunt? Well, he's not talking, so I guess we got to beat him up and hope for answers that way instead. This is a straight fight between hunters. It is probably the third most difficult hunter-hunter fight in the game, only surpassed by Verse Eileen, which Aaron found in the Grand Cathedral, and Verse Crow Hunter, which is almost the same scenario, but a different person plus weapon in the place of Eileen there. That can't be true. I've heard a lot of hunter-hunter fights that are pretty supposed to be pretty good. But that, like, Chimera and Ark, a lot of shit happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, one of my favorites is the uh, the the dodgeball fight. Mm. That one. No, that one's one of my favorites. But apparently not. There's no gimmicks here. 
<laughs> Bloodborne. Real name, no gimmicks. <laughs> no special tricks. This is a fight of hunters. His moveset is expanded somewhat, but in essence, what Garman does is also viable to the player. The smoky dodges is the old hunter's bone tool, which Aaron's had for forever. The basic moveset of the scythe is available to the player as well. The power-up aura is not something I recognize, and he has some spare attacks, but mostly the fight is pretty straight up. Armor stats and stuff. There's no hidden purpose for the doll set besides it and the foreign set at the very bottom and the Yarnum hat sweaty clothes. All armor is comparable. It's all better at some things, worse at others. I've explained this before, and I still facepalm every time Aaron looks like at one stat and throws stuff away. For reference, what matters to the fight is the first number mostly. The fourth number kind of somewhat matters, but not as much. It's just damage from German's shotgun, which isn't his main source of damage anyway. The fifth number shouldn't matter, and all others definitely don't. Any questions? No. Are we done Context. Yet? Context guy, Welp, I agree with Dan. That was a very gross finale. Good job, Aaron. You perhaps should have checked that way before. For anybody who missed yesterday, I discussed ending one for Bloodborne, which Aaron showed last year, and today we'll cover endings two and three, which we saw here. It's been a pleasure. I've loved writing these. I don't care that you loved writing them. It's been very nice to have you to read off of, buddy, but fucking stop it. Ending two. It's our turn to dream. This is the ending Aaron actually earned. In defeating Garman, we finally meet the Moon Presence. It was described in a lore note earlier as the nameless Moon Presence beckoned by Lawrence and his associates, Pale Blood. It is just right there. It's just added on to the end there. It's just period, Pale Blood. Sure. <sighs> Elsewhere on a chord, it's called the Pale Moon. So all that game where we were supposed to seek Pale Blood to transcend the hunt, this is what we wanted to look for. It's been right here the entire time. Through here, have we transcended the hunt? When the moon presence comes down, in a weird way, it's because we've proven ourselves to to it and defeated the guy it's been using, Garman. Remember, Garman is not in here by choice. He was trapped here and with a job to do. So here's the winning question. Who gave him that job and why? Why is he tasked with assisting hunters? He's not connected to the world any the main world anymore. Could he be could be he out of his own will be for good, maybe or something? But that'd be weak. An important lesson to learn from our that's running. Weak stuff. That's weak. Hey, that that just sucks. <laughs> no one's just good for no reason. <laughs> be weak. Fuck you. Pansy ass motherfucker Superman ass chump. An important lesson to learn from our run-ins with different great ones and their followers up to this point is that they do not act in unison and all strive towards personal goals. Some of the goals mirror like wanting a child, but none of these great ones collaborate. So what did Moon Presence want? Well, it seems like it wants somebody to guide hunters. It could have done whatever it wanted when it came down, but it chose to make us Garman V2. It wants this dream to continue its past purpose. The way to imagine this would be to think of Garman's trained hunters as unwitting pawns of the moon presence. They're out there doing their thing, but who's pulling their strings in the background? The description text of the achievement itself, yes, even those are lore relevant, states, Captivated by the moon presence, you pledge to watch over the hunter's dream. The pledge is to the moon presence. It's the one who wants this dream to exist. What is, why is it up for you to decide? Is it trying to sabotage the efforts of other great ones? Does it have intentions of the night itself? It also simply searching for a, a surrogate child. Maybe it sees you as one. Th uh, these are questions not answered in the game and left to player interpretation. 
ending three. And now we see why Aaron had to eat the cords. These cords give eyes on the inside. Hercules Mulligan. And help to ascend the player's mind, <laughs> preventing him from being captivated as easily. Sorry, Moon Presence. Your idea to simply replace German with a stronger hunter, that ain't gonna work. Once we've killed the night Moon Presence, we see the Nightmare's slain message. But then something weird happens. Are you cold? Oh, good hunter. Yeah, we're a slug now. But, oh, what? Let's look at the achievement descriptions. You became an infant great one, lifting humanity into its next childhood. Oh. Oh, shit. That means we have finally transcended the hunt. We have gone beyond the limits of what the hunt is, becoming what we had hunted, and surpassing the achievement of completing the hunt. Ultra and instinct. That be Ultra instinct. And that be Ultra slug stinct. And that begins orchestrating it. Uh, it is straight up definition of transcend. The pale blood moon presence was the final piece for what we needed uh, there. We had eyes on the inside and the power of just tons of blood echoes gained through the playthrough as well. As a hunter, we were incredibly powerful and pale blood is what put us over the edge. What happens next? We lift humanity into its next childhood, whatever that means. Probably something to do with making them more awesome. More awesome using our abilities is a great one. Why a slug thing? Remember that by and large, great ones are associated with invertebrates. That doesn't necessarily mean they have to be, but slugs seem to be a staple of the grouping. So a slug thing makes sense. As we grow, maybe we'll look like something cooler. But right now, a slug. An interesting thing to think about in all this is the doll. If attacked, she bleeds white, just like the celestial kin, E.T., and Willem. There's been some speculation of the Moon Presence is not the true thing holding together this dream, that it was the doll, and she was using Garaman and the Moon Presence to fulfill her old dolls. That is wild speculation, though, so believe it that if you want. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool, but it's also very complicated. Um, well, comparing the endings, which is good. None of them are good. They're all bad. If you like what you heard today, you can follow me on Twitter, at RevRyber. That's Rev like Reverend, Rybred like Rybred. You can follow my friend Joe. Are you there, Joe? At Ghost of Joe, that's Ghost of J-O. You can support this podcast and many others like it on patreon.com slash theorangegroves and hear any cut content from other shows. We're pretty efficient over here. Um, see what got norded. Crack open a Copaco one with Boyonicus. Poetry's not... Well, I have this for the next